0: White Sox! White Sox! on socks.
1: The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Sandoz.
0: Those two are like a tag team, you know?
1: Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked on Socks podcast with Tanny and
0: Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked on Socks. Episode number fifty. It is Herb Lawrence with Chris Tannehill. How are you doing over there, Tanny?
1: Doing pretty good, Herbie. Episode fifty tonight. I can't believe uh, we're already at the halfway century mark. Uh, fifty episodes. Uh, you've been a part of all fifty. It's it's pretty amazing. I've been a part of like I guess thirty or so. I never remember. Actually, I
0: missed I missed a couple of them when I went to San Diego. So you yeah. did? I didn't I, notice. I, yeah, I don't yeah. listen
1: to you anyway. I thought I you were I think the here. Bob
0: Howry one and the. Um, the column a one I missed. Oh, sorry, so, guys.
1: So we're all messed up here. So don't don't tell me you're going to go back and you're too behind. So we're going to go and re-relitigate uh, two two jersey numbers that we haven't done yet already. So <laughs> um, so episode fifty. The, there's a lot of odd choices in here, and uh, definitely uh, there's an obvious one here. If anyone who listens to the score, uh, you know, just look at my Twitter timeline, and, and you'll have an obvious choice for this one. But before we get to that candidate. Um, there's some great all-time relief pitchers on here uh, who had some great all-time White Sox moments and not really in the, the good category. Um, you had Ho- the great, the god, Jose Paniagua, 2003, mm. sport number 50. And I don't remember what the context was. Well, we've talked about him on the podcast before, but it couldn't have yeah. been for jersey numbers. But he famously, at the end of the 03 season, that he made one appearance for the White Sox against the Twins uh, he had an ERA of a million, and then he flipped off the fans on his way out the door. It's really, you don't get much better than that as a White Sox player. And he's done something that I've always wanted to do, is flip off fellow White Sox fans. So Jose Paniagua, a uh, number 50. Who knew this whole time?
0: As Brittany McCaffrey calls him, Joe P- Bread and Water. So, exactly. yeah, the, probably the shortest White Sox career in the history of the team. Um, A third of an inning, I think that's all he got. Yeah, Faced like four batters and sucked the whole time. Got released the next day by Kenny Williams. He was so pissed. God damn. But yeah, Jose (laughs) Paniagua.
1: Another one too here that I had totally forgotten about. And 2006, Hmm. Sean Tracy. Yes. What do you remember about the Sean Tracy fiasco, if anything?
0: Sean Tracy is the pitcher that didn't hit a player that Ozzy wanted him to, right? Is that what I'm getting at? Uh, yeah, this like, is. The- Sean Tracy is the one that. It was a Ranger, right?
1: Yeah, this is, I believe, from Doug Padilla's story uh, from 2006. Um, White Sox rookie pitcher Sean Tracy got into hot water with his manager Ozzy Gian for getting an out. Tracy was summoned to start the seventh inning and got Hank Blaylock to ground out. So, yes, Rangers. But getting an out may not have been the reason Tracy was brought in the game. White Sox catcher A.J. Prusinsky was hit by two pitches in the game. By, do you remember Derek Holland? No, no. This is this is predates Derek Holland. Vicente Padilla, because it's not uh. it's it's not in the article here. Maybe one was Padilla and maybe one was someone else. Uh, but Vicente, Vicente Padilla, all time D bag and White Sox uh, uh, adversary there for for many years there. Uh, so AJ gets hit twice, and you know Ozzy Guillen summons in this 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 kid making his first appearance in the big leagues, Sean Tracy and he throws two inside pitches to Blaylock before getting him to ground out. And after getting the out, Tracy was removed from the game. Guillen slammed a water bottle to the ground when Blaylock grounded out, and the manager then brought Augustine Montero into pitch. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> That's what I said. Augustine Montero. Guillen was then seen in the dugout barking at Tracy, who pulled the collar of his jersey over his head. <laughs> So it, it really never. He was pretty much sent back down immediately after that. Like it was really a different time and place in baseball when it was like everyone knew he's coming in to hit somebody to settle a score, and he didn't do the job, and you're out of there. And it was pretty, it was pretty savage at the time. And I remember it was one of those that like that was an Ozzy moment right there. Like you know, Ozzy. Say what you want about Ozzy, but you know, and, and he was—he's—he's he's old school through and through, man. Like you know, he, he was that team was a pretty tight knit team coming off the World Series the year before, but he was not for the play play for Sean Tracy, who who never really recovered. I, I believe he only pitched like maybe
0: seven. Yeah, four more times. He only pitched yeah. four more times in the major leagues that yeah. year. Do you
1: have his page job? I think it was less than yeah. eight, eight innings. You know, I think he finished with Baltimore. It looks like, but, you know, he's got the Baltimore cap on, but I think he only... Yeah, he
0: never went to the majors with Baltimore. He finished his last play, his last appearance in the majors was September 26th that year. He finished the game versus the Cleveland, which got a 6-0 victory over the White Sox.
1: Yeah, so you're, if you're Sean Tracy, you're like, man, you know, I'm... I didn't scratch my potential in Major League Baseball, and, I, and if it was just because of that, that's some bullshit, you know, just because I didn't hit a guy, like, it, that's crazy, like, I don't know if Ozzy ruined his career, but it goes to show you, and I don't think it's this way anymore because, you know, the players are a bit more of a fraternity, but you still see it pop up every now and again when the, when these emotions get going, you won't see it this year with COVID-19 and the, uh, the social distancing, but, you know, uh, yeah, it's 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 really not a part of the game as it once was, and in two thousand six, it was definitely a part of the game, and everyone at the time was just like, yeah, he should have hit him. Like yeah, Ozzy was getting after him pretty good, but but the consensus was, yeah, he should have done his job and hit him. Uh, before we get to the uh, to the guy who we're naming the episode after, uh, Tiago Vieira, I thought this is another one of those guys who he was let go by the Sox. Uh, he didn't return with the team this year. I thought, I was like, All right, here, here's a find. They, they got him from the Mariners, I think. I forgot who they swapped to get him. But the, here's an arm. Koop will fix him. Of course, the the, the time old adage, Koop will fix him. But this guy mm-hmm. was filthy. He had the goggles on, which is extra style points. Uh, but he never quite put it together, and he was never able to harness that stuff of his. I thought for sure this was a guy that they'd be able to you have, like in the middle of their bullpen, maybe face a hitter here or there, just someone with nasty stuff. Uh, that, that could get someone out on occasion for you. So, yeah, moment of silence for Tiago Vieira.
0: And, and another guy that I think about that I'm looking at the list is Sean Lowe. Do you remember the Sean Lowe I do. moment the, that I'm thinking about? The
1: low rider? No, I don't remember one specific moment other than he was on that 2000 AL Central uh, division winning team. But what what moment are you thinking of?
0: It's a time where he picked off Mark Grace in the cubs Sox game late in the game. Yeah, he was uh, Sean Lowe, a decent pitcher, but I forgot what year it was. I think it was the 2000 year title. But, Yeah,
1: this is from the LA Times for some reason, but they've got it. This first one that pops up. Uh, the headline is A Graceful Win for Lowe and the White Sox. With Sammy Sosa at the plate and runners at the corners, Sean Lowe moved slightly toward third and then fired to first, mm-hmm. catching Mark Grace off the bag. Pickoff, or was it? And here's a quote. First and foremost, you cannot get picked off in that situation," Grace said. "But I think he got away with one. Okay, so he had kind of a, like a slick maneuver over there to first base, and uh yeah. they, they didn't call it.
0: Yeah, they that move has been outlawed ever since, so you can't do the fake third, the throw to first thing. But yeah, it was it froze Mark Grace pretty badly. I remember being really hyped up about it because yeah, Sosa was up, and you know, Sosa was still Sosa at the time. And I was like, this is trouble. we got a reliever in the game, late in the game. We'll want to win this game. And that pickoff well, led us to the victory.
1: That's a good recall by you. Uh, nicely done there. But So here we are. John Danks, I think, is the one we're all thinking of. But, you know, anyone who has he, – he pitched for the Sox for a lot longer than, than I thought, than I remembered, mm-hmm. from 2007 to 2016. So a considerable amount of time. But everyone, of course – Thinks about him pitching the blackout game. Pitches the game of his life to get the White Sox into the playoffs. The one-game playoff against the Twins in 2008. Just an amazing night for the White Sox organization. And we thought it would be, you know, uh, a sort of like a precursor of things to come for John Danks. Not necessarily so. We mentioned on the last episode, gets the big contract, gets hurt. And we, we never really hear from him again, um, you know, after 2016. Who I think he had, he had a little stint with the Braves in there too after that uh, maybe, um, but it wasn't very long. But anyone who's a score fan, anytime a list of White Sox pitchers is mentioned by myself and probably you and pretty much any anyone score related is talking about a group of pitchers, uh, people will ultimately say this. What about thanks? And you you people may see that, and you, maybe you're not a score listener, and you're you only know us from this podcast and that's cool. Uh, Welcome aboard. Um, You should check out six, seven to score on occasion. That's where we, that's where our our bread is buttered, so to speak. So that was caller Bob, who used to call the Boers and Bernstein afternoon show for many years. And he would call and he lived in a nursing home and he would, he would venture out on occasion to park Ridge here. And later on to Niles and he'd watch movies and he'd review the movies for us. Sometimes it would just be something that was playing at the local theater. Sometimes it was something that was playing on the TV as he was watching it in the moment. But uh, he, so the context of that is this. So this is after the Boston Marathon bombing of, of 2013. And the times were pretty heavy. And, it, you know, that was something that transpired during our, our radio show. And later on that week, everyone was kind of following the, the, the pursuit of, of, the, of the men charged with, with this, this, this gruesome terrorist attack. So it was a normal Friday, and Bob from the nursing home calls Boris and Bernstein, Dan and Terry, and he's sort of talking about the situation, and it was kind of like the laugh that we all needed
0: at the time. We need Bob and Park Ridge on the score, and thankfully we have him. Bob? Hi. Hi, Bob! Hi. Hi, Bob. What's going on? I heard one of the terrorists is dead, and they... they, uh, Yes. They're still looking. They got the, one of the they canceled the bay, the baseball game for tonight in Boston and the hockey game is canceled. You just mm-hmm. did a better job than CNN has done in the last 72 yeah, hours. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> i got to tell you something, Bob. You have already passed the CNN test. Yeah. You have. Mm-hmm. I think they're on line two. Yep. Wolf Blitzer wow. and you would make a great pair. I'm telling well, you that right it's... now, Bob. We love you. What about Thanks? Is he going to come back? <laughs> what about the Bulls? You think they're going to – how far are they yes. going to go? You're going to beat the Nets and lose to the Heat.
1: Yeah, Terry was right, obviously. That was 2013. I remember that series fondly, by the way, that Bulls-Nets series. We were up in down in Kansas City. Uh, for that series, slamming beers at Harpo's, slamming b- Boulevard wheat Ales at Harpo's, watching Game Seven, Bulls and and Nets. Uh, that's fun times. But yeah, so that's our guy Bob there with the what about Danks. So anytime you see us mention John Danks, or you see like you know a, a Throwback Thursday clip of John Danks, that's who. That's, that's what people are referencing. So there you go. Just had to make sure that that's out there. So that's now out there in the ether for, for you guys and girls out there for the Lockdown and White Sox audience. So you know what in the hell people are talking about when they say, what about Danks? For no reason whatsoever.
0: And one quick story about uh, John Danks. Ranji Chris Ranji uh, one time invited me out to go drinking in Lincoln, pa- or Lincoln Park or Wicker Park, one of the two. And so I met him up at a bar. It was just going to be him. And John Danks is there and also Lance Broadway and Ooh, Chris Getz.
1: Pick those names up.
0: Yeah, exactly. Those two were on the periphery. They were either married or looking for something else. They weren't into the the boy going out type of scenario with me, Ranji, and Danks. So we saw those two and they pretty much split up from us early. And then we went to Cannes, you know, old school bar that on Milwaukee, I think it was. Yeah. Or Milwaukee Damon North area. And Damon, I think, officially, I'm, yeah. And I'm paying, you know, I'm about thinking about paying for my brews. And John Dex is like, no, nah, son. No, nah, son, I got all these. Everything that we're drinking tonight, I got them. And so Ronji knew that.
1: Much, Ronji knows that going in when he's going out with those guys.
0: Probably. <laughs> and so... That felt good. Like I'm um, John Danks is paying for all my drinks, and then we go to Beaumont's, we go uh, a couple other places. Oh, so did, you go to the, did you
1: go to the store? I mean this the is the The store, like, of course, right? So go
0: in the Ranji circle. I was gonna say
1: you're, John Danks is getting John Danks and Lance Broadway and Chris Getz are like on the Chris Ranji Jay Peterman reality tour, you know, going on, going on all the Ranji stops. Like we're well, gonna guess, was Ranji there trying to meet someone and he and he brought the guy who pitched the blackout game to the bar to meet someone? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this and, is before this predates the blackout game right this is we just had to have been dix's rookie year right? i don't
0: know if he if it was i don't because no one knew him like a couple people well knew him. he's like, a white socks player Dixon's a regular looking dude <laughs> he's like six foot yeah uh he doesn't look like an athlete and so i don't think a lot of people knew him but they knew he was something because he was you know spreading some money around and so <laughs> uh yeah he paid for all of our drinks the whole night And yeah chris of course was hitting on some random girl how you doing? And then rubbing her hair. You're looking good today. <laughs> things like that. Give, you don't be in Ronji.
1: Giving a grown woman who's like a 10, giving her a noogie in front of everyone. Yeah. Like just doing dickhead things that Ronji does. That's
0: Ronji. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that's uh, I've always had favorable thoughts about John Danks. Even though he wasn't a great pitcher after he got his extension, that's mostly because of the shoulder injury. He never was the same guy. Couldn't get that high 90 fastball back. So yeah. I was a big time fan of John Danks, and even after his exploits where some of the people got paralyzed at his balcony, I was had, like, hey, Ron, that man didn't do anything wrong because he paid for my drinks that one night.
1: <laughs> had to mention that. Way to leave him laughing there, Herbie. Um, yeah. Yeah, so John Danks, was, he was amazing in that blackout game. We'll never forget that night. Thank you for contributions, John Danks, to White Sox history. All right, so... Baseball season—it's opening day tonight, Herbie. Like uh, you know, we got the Nationals and the Yankees tonight from D.C. There was some speculation that they wouldn't be playing in D.C., and here we are—it's opening day. So coronavirus and all, they made it. So we—we we all made it collectively. Uh, you know, I don't even want to say that we earned this or we deserve it because you know I do because I've been following all protocols and being exactly. safe and you know even what you have as well, even with traveling, not being reckless, you know. Not, not going out unless you have to, so we, we've earned it for sure, but the country as a whole, eh, eh, not so much. I don't think so, but Mm-mm. here we are. It's it's our it's our first annual, <laughs> yep. your favorite, it's our first yep. annual MLB prediction show where we're going to talk about where we think the, the Sox will rank, and we're going to go over all the divisions in baseball and tell you where we think teams are, 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 are gonna place and who will win the major awards. You guys know what predictions are. I don't even know why I went through all that explaining what a prediction is. I think you guys are familiar <laughs> with the concept of you know, thinking something's gonna happen before it happens. You guys have probably even done it before yourself. So and
0: before we get started, yes, you can use this against us when it becomes not true. So definitely yeah. definitely uh, mark this down. Put it in your uh files and make sure that you tell all your friends that Locked on Socks predicted this, that, and the other. And when it comes true or doesn't, dunk on us or give me my credit because I know I'm going to be right in these.
1: Well, that's not what happens. Like, we're officially in the media now. No one's going to give us credit if we get it right. And and that's cool with me. I'm cool with just not acknowledging it, you know, but I'm cool with just burying this right after we do it so no one can say whether <laughs> we're right or wrong, you know? Um, I mean, you're not going to see, at least on my end, I. I, I think we're gonna we're in disagreement. I didn't take an official gander at your 670thescore.com mm. predictions. Um, I, I accidentally, uh, it, it's it's like, you know, I accidentally, like on Christmas morning when you take a glance out and you see your, your presence there, like you get up in the middle of the night, you see your presence. I, yeah. I accidentally took a glance at you. I saw some of your notable things in there, but I, I tried to avoid them as best as I could as we get into the, tonight's episode. Episode 50 of Lockdown White Sox. So let's start with the NL East, shall we? I have the Braves first place. And no Yasiel Puig yet in Atlanta. Uh, He tested positive for COVID. So the deal they had with him is null and void. But I think you'll eventually see him in Atlanta at some point once he passes through protocols and, and once he's cleared. And it may take him a little bit. Like he may have to play with the taxi squad because, you know, he wasn't even in spring training with anyone, so he's had little to no reps with, with, with any organized baseball this whole calendar year. So I think you'll eventually see him there. I wish you could see him on the south side. We, we, we'll get to the Nomar Mazzara situation later. Uh, but he's not a Brave yet, but they did add Marcelo Zuna, and my whole thing with the Braves is is they have the pitching. Max Fried, Fultz, you know, they, they, they've, they've got the pitching, I think. That's gonna to separate them from teams like the Mets, who lost Wheeler, and you have you know the Phillies, which is my wild card winner, one of my wild card representatives. So I have Braves first, Phillies representing the first wild card. I love the the addition of Wheeler. I wish he could have been a White sock, but it is what it is. They they say his wife wanted to be in Philly, so enjoy Philadelphia. Um, I I've been flip flopping about this. You're talking about a, a division here where a lot of the projections have everyone except the Marlins separated by only a a game or two, especially in the short season. But over the course of 162, a lot of places had the Braves sort of separating. But uh, below the Phillies, I have third place, the Mets. I've got the defending champion Nationals, who played tonight, finishing fourth, and rounding out the bottom in the cellar like they're used to, the Marlins. Now, how do you have the NL East shaping up, Herbie?
0: Well, like you, I have the Braves winning the NL East this year. We're so agreeable. Like like they did last year, they are the NL East champions, even though the reigning champions are in that division. Second place, I have my favorite squadron, the Nine Mets. Pitching staff is still lethal. Lonzo coming back for another year. I think they're going to be a 60-game season. It's going to be hard to match those arms that they have out there with New York. Phillies in third place um just not sold on the Wheeler move necessarily. They got some great players out there, of course Bryce Harper, uh Reese Hoskinson, and et cetera, etcetera. Um and in fourth place I have the I'm lost my track now.
1: Oh, Nash- Nationals? I have
0: the 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 reigning champion Washington Nationals.
1: So we both the have the loss- nation- we both have them oh. in, in fourth place. They didn't do a whole lot. They're starting pitching still pretty solid. But I think, to me, it comes down to losing a, a gamer and in a, in a, in a, in a big-boy table uh, superstar like Anthony Rendon.
0: Yeah, losing him is huge. He's a big part of what they do. Not going to have their heart and soul, Ryan Zimmerman, who opted out. That lineup is looking a little suspect. If you look at it, Juan Soto's still there for his first full year, really, even though it's only 60 games of Major League Baseball. So he'll have to carry the load for the team, and I don't see it in, of course, the Marlins. Bringing up the rear,
1: exactly. All right, so we move on to the ALE. So we're in largely in agreement there on, on the NL East. Like you know, these teams, not a whole lot of separating them. A lot of people are high on the Mets. Uh, I, I guess I could see that, um, but maybe that's just a little East Coast bias in there. Uh, but a lot of people are picking the Mets. Like that's like the the, the hipster pick for first place in the uh, in the NL East. So we move on to the American League East. I think uh, we're both in agreement here. The Yankees, I have in first place. I have them being the best team in baseball with the with the overall best record. I didn't put a win total on that, but I, I could see them, you know, going 38 and 22, something like that. They've got the most talented team in the league, I think. You know, the addition of Garrett Cole helps them ridiculously, especially in a short season. Uh, no Severino hurts them a lot, uh, but their bullpen is still top tier, and of course, you've got Aaron Judge, who I'll get to in a little bit, and Giancarlo Stanton. They're just going to mash. Uh, day after day, especially you, you you start the season in the middle of summer, and they're just going to rake. I think, and, and they're gonna they're gonna coast. Um, despite uh, the the wild card team finishing below them, uh, the Rays. How do they do it every year? It's pitching and defense every year. They don't have household names. But they're gonna get it done and they're always they always seem to be there. And I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be. They're already I hate making this joke because people have already made it about the White Sox, but the No Fans thing, I don't think it's gonna affect them. The one thing they do have going against them is the Florida thing. I don't know how that's gonna work out for them and that whole division, to be honest with you. You've got the blue chays, which are and, and you're trying to find a place to play. So there's problems in the AL East with travel, uh, you know, especially coronavirus-related. So I have Yankees, Rays, Jays, the Red Sox, who are in a rebuild. They just lost their best player, Mookie Betts. They traded him to the Dodgers, and we'll get to his big contract in a second. Uh, and then, of course, rounding out the seller is the Orioles. So I've got Yankees and Rays in the playoffs, and then followed by Jays, Red Sox, and Orioles. What about you for the AL East?
0: Well, I just got to remember, like the report came late uh, on Wednesday night about a about the MLB and the Player Association negotiating to get a longer, expanded playoffs this year. So we're doing this under the guise of it's ten teams that make the playoffs. So if it changes in the time that we record this and you hear this, know that we're doing it under yeah. the ten teams playoff schedule. You can go that kick rocks. Current.
1: Go kick rocks, baseball. If you change this, like on the day of Opening Day. You know, like I you know, there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna to have to go back and edit their blogs and columns, like that's absurd. I saw that that tweet from John Heyman come down today. I was like, Come on, baseball, what are we doing here? Everyone was on board, everyone's excited, and they just have to go and ruin it with, with something like that. You know, like I I I don't I don't even know how I feel about an expanded playoff. Do you like that concept?
0: I think it's unfair to teams who have been going under the assumption since this has been re resumed that this is going to be a 10-team playoff year. And so they're getting people off their team that they think are not ready for, releasing people, picking up other people under that assumption. With a 16-team playoff, there's a lot more people in contention. So the people you might have dropped before the season, you probably would have kept. So another team that is needing, you know, as we have COVID and injuries this year, might need an extra player that you just dropped because you, don't, you didn't think you are going to make the playoffs or you thought that you are going to make the playoffs so you don't need this player, um, you would have kept them. It would have been a different situation. I think the Padres in this regard and other teams, the Royals, uh, the White Sox would have kept a couple people. The Mets probably would have kept Melky and, and Gordon Beckham to be switched later on, just somewhere on their squad, just so all these needy teams who want to make the playoffs have an extra bat. Available to him, maybe you can get a prospect. But you know, whatever.
1: All right, so a- so AL East, go ahead, run it back for me.
0: All right, let's go with the Rays. I got winning the AL East this year. Okay. Pitching is strong. I like everything they do down there. It's uh, they turn that team around so quickly after um, re you know re, on the rebuild, they almost do it uh, on the fly. Uh, my man Snell, hopefully he doesn't catch the Rona. If I get the healthy. Rona... He needs to stay healthy. I like my team down there. Then second place is the Yankees. For so many of the reasons you're talking about. The leadership of CC Sabathia not there anymore. They've demoted Jordan Montgomery, one of the big prospects on the pitching mound. Severino being gone. Um, bullpen is not as strong as it was last year. Batances is now on the other side of the town. Even though he wasn't great his last couple of years in New York, but still a good arm there. Second place in the playoffs field. Um, then I have the Blue Jays, surprisingly, in third place ahead of the Red Sox. And then, and coming up, the rear is probably the one of the worst teams in baseball, is uh, Baltimore Orioles, who suffered a tough loss when Trey Mancini uh, got, I think, non Hopkins lymphoma, and he's fighting that right now, but he'll be out for the rest of the season.
1: Fan favorite for sure, and we talked about it in, in episodes previous to this, but you know teams like the Orioles and the Marlins and teams that are like, Gut, really gutting it from you know, ripping out everything and and, and starting the rebuild from scratch. They're really going to hurt this year with with the no minor league. And I hope they can find some sort of way to to develop as 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 they go. And your your, your organizational foundation is going to have to be rock solid with your scouting. And we saw the White Sox say that they're not going to bring back a lot of their scouts next year. And I just don't know. It's got to be pretty demoralizing if you're a fan. Of, of a team like the Orioles or the Marlins right now uh, and you're going through a rebuild and there, there's no minor league baseball to play you know you can't because when when Yohan Moncada was in Charlotte in AAA you know and the Sox were bad at the major league level it was nice to go be able to watch MILB TV and watch the Charlotte Knights every other night or so and, and sort of like have some hope for the future but I don't know what you do if you're a team like that, like those teams in the East. It's really unfortunate situation there. But such is life, and uh, you know they'll, they'll, hopefully they'll get some good luck bouncing back in their favor, and maybe they'll hit on some guys, and uh, maybe some guys will rise to the occasion this year that normally wouldn't have gotten an opportunity at the big, big level. Uh, we move our way out west, and I think uh, the NL West here, the Dodgers far and away the best team in baseball, in my opinion. I think this is a slam dunk the addition of Mookie Betts, in addition to Cody Bellinger, and of course Mookie Betts today, signing a massive extension, good for 12 years, $365 million. And we actually have obtained exclusive audio. This is a real bummer for Lockdown White Sox fans who were hoping to follow our pursuit of Mookie Betts this offseason, and hopefully Rick Hahn was going to throw his hat in the ring in the Mookie Betts sweepstakes. But we have obtained audio uh, about Mookie Betts and why he decided to re-sign with the Dodgers. Yeah. No, no, wait a fucking minute. I'm not going to be on no goddamn White Sox. It's stuff you'll only get here on Lockdown and White Sox. So, yeah. So, no Mookie Betts on the South Side next year. And good for him. You know, it goes to show you, though, all these teams crying biblical losses. I believe you, you, you know you you cited that earlier today. Um, you know, biblical revenue losses and owners crying poor. Somehow the Dodgers are able to – find a a few few coins to scrape together and somehow some way exactly i know it's a lot of it's tv money but a lot of it i don't this is i don't even know if it's a leap of faith because a leap of faith would be like okay we're gonna go back to normal activity next year with a full house every day of fans and this that and the third but I, i i it's pretty obvious that all these teams still have a surplus of cash they're operating with at least the top tier teams like the dodgers do
0: yeah, I don't want to go too much on a rant, but it's just a shame that Boston drafted the guy, cultivated him, turned, watched him turn into an MVP, one of the best players in the game, and then said, you know what? We don't have enough money to pay you. And small market Boston, garbage. And the Dodgers, sight on scene, they have not seen him play a regular season game at all, said, cool, we're going to offer you a lot of money. You're going to take it? Cool. And a $63 million signing bonus so it doesn't get taken away in taxes because california takes a lot of mere money away especially as a professional player as with their high tax rate and so he's not a california resident he got 63 million dollars on the table on the table and so yeah it's good to see uh, the dodgers does not cry for and not mess around mookie was dead set on making it to free agency and the dodgers made that a. Uh, uh just to read a dream because they they didn't play around. They didn't play around at all, which is weird. They played around the other day with Gavin Lux in the service time. Well, but as far as money goes, the man is the man out there is not messing around paying that man his money.
1: I was gonna ask you about Gavin Lux and that's a really interesting situation. They of course optioned him to AAA. He's not going to start the year with the big league club in LA. Uh, there's there's something going on there. they' they're they're keeping his value high. I, I think they're still going to be in play. The, the Dodgers are like us. They're watching the Cleveland baseball team, and they're wondering what's going to happen with them and what's going to happen with Frankie Lindor because the, there was rumors about Lindor going to the Dodgers all off season and they just could never make a, a, a package work. But I think that's the only thing that makes sense here with the Gavin Luck situation is they're trying to keep him in a situation. Oh, my lovely daughter just brought me a s'more here. Oh, it's so delicious. So I'll be doing S'more what?
0: <laughs> Yikes!
1: Really? So yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna nosh on this while you're doing your NL West preview. But yeah, so Gavin Lux, I think they're keeping him down in AAA. He, he would obviously make their team better this year, but they're keeping his value high in case they want to spin him off for Frankie Lindor in the middle of the season. What do you think about that that theory? Th-
0: that makes sense if that is true. But uh, I'm always about. Teams being a meritocracy, if he's your best player, a little lippy, a little uh, uh, bad work ethic, get him in the major league camp and make sure that the veterans see him and correct the bad habits he might have. And it sends a message down to the rest of the minor league scouts or minor league players, hey, they're not going to be messing around with me. They're going to definitely promote me if I'm ready for it. So I think it sends a bad message, and I don't like when teams play service time games but to the NL West, of course, the Dodgers. Nobody yeah. in their right mind would not have the Dodgers winning this division. They are clearly the best team in that division, if not the best team in baseball. So
1: after the Dodgers, I've got your Friar Faithful. Thank you yes. for the for the, the swinging Friar Ale. It's delicious. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got the Padres in second place, followed by the Diamondbacks, the Giants, who are kind of – I don't know what they're really doing right now, and uh, the Rockies, I think, who are – I think they're going to have some residual clubhouse effects with the with the Arenado thing. I think you know you'll see him get get spun off at some point. But yeah, I have the Dodgers. That's like sort of like my my upset pick there is, is bringing up the uh, the rear there in the cellar of the NL West Dodgers. So so who do you have after? Sorry, the Rockies. So who do you have after the Dodgers in first place, Herbie?
0: Of course, I've got my Padres. Uh, probably a lot of games behind the Dodgers. These other four teams will be. Tightly bunched, so Dodgers way out. Padres in second place. Third place, I have the D-back just like you do. San Francisco Giants in fourth place, and like you, the Rockies coming up in the rear. But like I said, they're going to be really tight, so interchangeable two through five. Uh, But the Padres are coming, so watch out. I don't know if the Padres can ever overcome the Dodgers and how many divisions they've taken in a row. I think six or seven right now but it'll be very hard. They got players coming up, but if the Dodgers are retaining their talent and then have more talent just on the bench, not being able to play, like Jock Peterson will have to like platoon with A.J. Pollock. That's the weirdest thing in the world. But, um, yeah, the Dodgers are strong as hell, and I'm looking forward to seeing some games versus the Padres, see if they can match up with that top-notch team.
1: All right, moving on to the AL West then. This is kind of a surprise pick for me. This is strictly... A situation where you have the the sixty game sample size, anything can happen. Let's get nuts. They've got the new manager bump, and of course, I'm talking about the Angels. They've got Joe Madden. They also picked up Anthony Rendon, who we mentioned earlier, huge pickup for them. They've got Mike Trout, who appears to be in so far. Uh, so far, so good with that. Uh, we'll see what changes, you know, after uh, after him and his significant other give birth. But you've got also a healthy Shohei Otani, for a full season, so that is that's a pretty that's a triple threat threat right there of Trout, mm-hmm. Otani, and Rendon. So I think the Angels could that they lack a little pitching, but I think over the over a small sample size, I think they'll 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 persevere. Uh, after the Angels, I have another team. No one knows how they do it, but now they've got some guys like Matt Chapman who are becoming household names. Of course, I'm talking about the Athletics. They're going to be my mm. s- my my wild card team, one of the wild card representatives for. The, the American League, actually the second of two, uh, along with the Rays. So I like the Athletics as my second wild card, followed by the Astros. Uh, I think there's going to be some res- residual effects of the whole cheating scandal. like if, if they don't come out of the gate red hot, they're going to have some problems because they're going to start to feel that pressure. Granted, there's no fan pressure with no fans in attendance, but they're going to start to maybe be- maybe they themselves believe like that it was a fraud, even though they've got some guys playing for – Big contract next year. They've got George Springer, who I would love to see on the south side. But I think if, if they get off to a rough start and, you know, you have a hungry team like, like the A's or the Rangers who are out to prove something, I think, you know, they, they they can be had. And I think maybe they're due for a little dip. Either that or they could surprise everyone and, and they can r- run through the American League relatively easily. But I've got the Astros in third, followed by the Rangers. And then, of course, the Mariners in the cellar of – The AL West. How how does your AL West shape out, Herbie?
0: Well, I wish I could put the Astros in last or third place like you have them in, but I have them winning the AL West again. Just too strong. I mean, he's throwing Grinke out there, and I know the loss of Garrett Cole is a huge one, but Verlander's still there. Um, I think they're a strong team in the AL West, but the team that's going to be nipping on their heels is the guy that you said and the team that you have as the AL West champions is the LA Angels. Anthony Rendon was probably one of my favorite players in the game complete game defense is solid. And this bat speaks for itself because he's silent as a, as a person, but the bat is very loud. And with Joe Madden out there, I don't think he'll you know, bring any more wins, but he will just bring some more entertainment and have the guys looser in the clubhouse and the Shohei Itani being healthy for 162, And then eventually maybe in the pitching ro- rotation, if he could, um, That'll be a huge bump for them. So they're in second place for me. The Athletics in third place. Um, and then I'm going to go with the Texas Rangers and then Seattle Mariners.
1: All right. So, you know, a couple minor minor differences there with us. Um, but, you know, nothing uh, nothing crazy. But I think it's about to get crazier as, as we move to the Central divisions. Uh, NL mm-hmm. Central, I've got the Brewers in first place. I think that's... Mm-hmm. I think they're they're the cream of the class if you will um, <laughs> of the Central. They've been there before done that. Uh, they've got Christian Yelich of course. They've got the pitching and I, I think it's their year. I think they're the team to beat uh, going into 2020 uh, followed by my uh, other wild card team for the National League the Reds in second place. I think they are with along with the White Sox one of the most improved teams in all of baseball. They're going to hit because of that ballpark. They've got Nick Castellanos, who gives their lineup a little bit of a, a different look, a little bit of balance. And I, I think they're going to be a, a team to look out for in 2020 in the Central. And third place, I have them. Only, i only saying their record because I was required to give it to 670thescore.com's Cody, Cody Westerland today. I have the Cubs in third place at, at an even 30-30, and 30. Uh, just middle of the road, no new manager bump. Uh, I think we know what they are, but when I, when I look at them up close – We've seen them a lot recently in the past few days. Um, the pitching, I, I don't know what you're going to get from John Lester. Uh, Quintana's not going to be ready to go when they are. The, the, but that bullpen, I think, is by far the, the biggest question mark for them. And I think they're still going to hit uh, with Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Contreras, the, the, one of the one of the top-tier lineups out there. But that bullpen, they're going to lose a lot of games late, especially with Craig Kimbrell, who does not look good early. So I think the Cubs are going to, you know, those bullpens, man, it's, it's the one equalizer that will take you from a top-tier contender to just average in a heartbeat Is if you have an average or below-average bullpen. Uh, I have the Cardinals fourth place. Uh, marginal difference there with, with the Cubs, like maybe right around the same record. You could flip a coin on, on, on their placement in the central, but for the purposes of this, I have them in fourth place. Uh, not able to quite repeat what they did last year. Um and the Pirates uh, rounding out the cellar in the NL Central. Herb, how does your NL Central shape out?
0: Well, I got the team that I think is going to be surprising the most is the Cincinnati Reds. They have improved from top to bottom. Getting the pitching staff that they have, the five they have out there, it's filthy. They have the best pitching staff in the division, and then they add two bats to an already lethal lineup. Adding Mike Moussaka's from the from the Brewers, hurts the Brewers, and then helps the Cincinnati Reds. And, of course, getting Nick Castellanos from the Cubs hurts the Cubs and helps the Reds. And just going along with that team, I mean, Vidal had an off year. He's going to be better. You got A. Eugenio Suarez. He's back. He's going to be doing work. Nick Senzel. I mean, the list goes on and on. They're, they got some thump in their lineup right there. And don't even forget about Michael Lorenzen. Who is both a pitcher and sometimes an outfielder and a pitcher who actually can hit. So they're in my first place slot in the NL Central. Gonna go second to the Cubs. The record I gave Russ or to Cody was 33 and 27. I got them going second place in the NL Central. Just the loss of King Tana, While people don't think it's a lot, he was only pitcher on the Cubs rotation last year that was top 10 or top 20 in both. Xfip and FIP, so Fielding Independent Pitching. That's going to be a big-time loss when you're going from him to Alec Mills. So they're not going to be the team in the NL Central driver's seat winning division. I got them in second place. Third place, I got the Cardinals, still strong clarity. Um, uh, Ponce de Leon, all these guys in their rotation are pretty solid. But I don't think they're ready for the playoffs this year, uh, especially in the short season. I don't think they uh, profile a good team for this 60-game season. Then the Brewers. Then my beloved Pirates. Well, actually, I don't love the team. I love the city and the stadium. That's about it.
1: All right. And finally here, American League Central. It's what you've uh, you've all been waiting for here on Locked on White Sox. Our AL Central predictions for 2020. I just finished my s'more in its entirety. Uh, it took me three divisions, three of your recaps, but I finally yeah. finished it, and now boy, it was it was delicious. So it was How right can you time. have
0: a s'more, you haven't had anything. <laughs> 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 Yikes! Really?
1: Well, in any event, <laughs> the AL Central. Let's let's go from uh, let's go from worst to first here, In uh, last place I have the Tigers, who are still uh, in, in the middle of their rebuild. They just got the number one pick, and so maybe you'll see him out there a little bit more than you would have in a normal season. They're, they're talking about putting him out there at third base, which is funny because they're like, yeah, he was he was surprised uh, to be drafted and as selected as a third baseman. That was that was a surprise to him. Um, his name, let's, uh, let's see. Do you remember his
0: name? Spencer Torkelson.
1: Yeah, Spencer Torkelson, their number one pick, uh, couldn't see a lot more time uh, this year earlier than we anticipated, so that maybe that'll give them a, a little bit of a bump and give our, give our guy Chris at uh, Locked On Tigers something to, to watch for, something entertaining. But the Tigers still in the midst of a rebuild, and uh, I hope it's a perpetual rebuild, a forever rebuild, if you will, uh, which is sad because I, I, I really hope the team in fourth place that I have uh is in a rebuild longer than them that's of course the Kansas City Royals uh I hate them and there was just news that came down today Hunter Dozier tested positive for COVID so he's not going to be on the team to start the season and you we're talking about how Missouri is really not on board with following any of these protocols so you potentially see that as 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 a hot spot and something that could pop up and have a lingering effect all year
0: Yes, I do. Those guys are not taking this thing serious. The workers are not wearing masks. I don't know why, because they have a high positivity rate. I mean, just ah. what you mean? Just like they're, they're
1: they're happy all the time? Like a high? They're they're positive <laughs> all the time? No.
0: I wouldn't be because that state is uh, it's uh, a <laughs> said wrong. It's very misery, very much misery. So yeah, it's so, so
1: so the Royals, I, I have them in fourth place, and here we go, here we go, here third place. All right. The Cleveland Indians in third place of so the AL Wendy's. Central. Yeah, I, I think they're in dire straits and members of dire straits financially. Um, and it, I, I really, I'm going to stick to this. I'm, I think they're going to move Lindor. He, 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 we saw him hit a home run the other night. He's going to come out just fine. He's going to come out on fire, and he's going to have a lot of suitors early on. And like we mentioned earlier, I think he'll end up being a Dodger, and he's going to contribute to a, a, a Dodgers' deep playoff push, but yeah, but the Indians solid pitching, maybe you'll even see them spin off some of that pitching as well, Mike Clevenger and some of those guys, you know they, they they lost Corey Kluber so, you know, we'll have to wait and see what happens with them, depending on how hot of a start they get off to, and, and a lot of that depends on the next two teams I'm going to mention, but second place in the AL Central here we go, Herbie,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: Minnesota Twins, second place, so that Ooh. means First place, returning Ooh, to the playoffs mate. for the first time in 12 years, your Chicago White Sox, Gene Honda. I have the White Sox winning the AL Central with a with a record, oh, I don't remember what I told Cody Westerlin.
0: 35 and 25, you told
1: them. Oh, thank you very much for having that handy for me. But yeah, I have the White Sox putting it putting it together, and and, I, and I'll tell you why. On paper, the Twins are a better team. They've been there before. They won it last year. They're the team to beat. But in baseball, especially in a short season like this, things happen. And I'm just going by what I heard people tell me, people that were in that clubhouse in Glendale in spring training and people that are around the team now tell me how uber confident the White Sox are and how much of a unit they are. And you could see it watching these inter-squad games. They're, they're, they look like they're gelling right now, and they, they, they look like a team – that believes they're a lot better than they are. And they could have a little bit of that 2015 Cubs thing where everyone's like, oh, you know, the weight of the curse on the on the 2015 Cubs is going to be too much for these young kids to handle. But they, they don't know about any of those pre-constructed narratives ahead of time. They just go out there and they play baseball. And I think with the additions of Yasmani Grandal and Edwin Encarnacion, who we talked about the other night, extending these at-bats, getting into the soft parts of these bullpens across the league and the centrals, and there's a lot of bad bullpens in the centrals, uh, more so in that that NL Central. Like we mentioned, the Cubs and the Pirates, but there's there's some in the AL too. There's a lot of bad bullpens in the centrals. Uh, you know, you extend these at bats, have professional at bats, combine that with some of the the star power you have with Moncada and Luis Robert, who I'll get to in a second, and of course Eloy. I, I think they're a team that that's young, talented. I think the Sox are going to mash starting pitching a bit of a question mark and I know that that's one of your issues too. Uh, I think it'll be just good enough. I think Ronaldo Lopez takes a step because of what James McCann said on our radio station. I think Dylan Cease takes a step because of the the credit he's giving to Yasmani Grandal with pitch tipping, with refining his breaking ball. I think Yasmani Grandal is going to make everyone on the staff better. And I think those guys are, are gonna take the next steps where, you know, we talked about those things that how do the White Sox get from point A to point B. It's if these guys take a step, we've been talking about it ever since we 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 united on this podcast. I think those things happen this year, and the White Sox are able to keep the starting pitching together long enough for, for through a sixty game season uh, to succeed and win and get into first place and then hold on to those those leads in those games because their bullpen will be just good enough. I've got issues with Kelvin Herrera, um, but uh, but Aaron Bummer in a 60-game season, you can throw him out there every day, and hopefully he'll be just as effective. And Alex Calame, if he doesn't regress, that's a big thing there too. We talked about in the Calame episode, at least I did, if, if, if he's got a strong season, you know he's got to lock down these games for, for these young pitchers in order to build that confidence and secure those victories. And, and, and sort of build the you, this momentum's got to get rolling. The Sox have to come out t- to a hot start here. It's got to start Friday night at home against the Twins. They've got to make a statement, take two out of three if they want to be taken seriously in the division this year, and I think they'll do just that. So I have the White Sox reemerging and getting back into the playoffs as we really put the knife into the rebuild for good for the next decade. Herbie, AL Central, who do you got?
0: Okay. From the bottom to the top, we have, of course, the Detroit Tigers. A team, one of the teams, in the the only team in the AL Central, I don't hate. I do not hate the Tigers, which is weird because we've talked about in episodes before. That brawl they had in 2000 was brutal, and I hate a lot of the players on that. Dean Palmer included Kareem Garcia, but the Tigers, I've never really had hatred for and that's because of Miggy Cabrera, and he's still on the team. Getting paid an absurd amount of money at his late stages of his career. Do you think we'll but see? Be,
1: you think we'll see Miguel Cabrera play live in person again, Herbie? Uh,
0: I think next year, yes. I think he'll stick next around okay. for at least two more years, and he'll uh, we'll go and see one game with Miguel Cabrera. And I
1: would love to do cap. that. I'd love to do that with you. One of my favorite players, like like you said, uh, of my baseball watching life. You, you know, the closest thing that reminds me of Frank Thomas when I see him out there. Just the, the raw power, the ability to hit to, hit to all fields. Just an all time great right handed hitter. Him, Pujols, Frank, uh, Manny, even with the steroids. But yeah, I, I think, I hope we will get to see Miggy out there once again, and we have to make sure we do that. So, all right. Yeah.
0: And, and he has fun. That's He's just a fun loving guy. Not not a bad bone about the guy. He, he enjoys uh, playing baseball. I just smile every time I see him play. In um, fourth place, I have. Your Kansas City Royals. I hate them. I wish I could put them in last place, but the Detroit Tigers are just that bad. Um, Yeah, I I have nothing good to say about Kansas City. Um, I want a healthy uh, return for Hunter Dozier because I want him to see when we showcase a a couple home runs and and, uh, style on a couple home runs. Too bad he's Phil Myers off the team now because he was talking mad yak to Timmy last year after that bum Brad Keller hit him with the pitch. And I want Brad Keller to see us style on every single home run we get. So, and, yeah.
1: And as Tim Anderson always says, well, I just want
0: to walk You know, we're recording this on Wednesday, and uh, one of America's most hated pitchers threw a ball low and hit the instep of Johan Mankata's right foot. And he had to leave the game, it looks like, for precautionary reasons. But if uh, Johan Mankata is hurt for any length of time, oh, God. that's your ass. That is your ass. Mr. Who
1: hit, Hater. who hit him? Let's go let's go down the south side right now. Who hit him?
0: Josh Josh Hader.
1: Oh, Josh Hader hit him.
0: Mm. Yeah. In word himself. <laughs> Josh Hader. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's quite a nickname. I is that
1: gonna be on the players uniform this year? <laughs> yeah. The players weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I oh God. I hated him before this and now he hits Yoan with his uncontrollable fastball. It hit him right in the instep. It was looked kind of painful. Hopefully it's just a sore bruise or something like that. He's good for Friday's game and the rest of the season. But to continue, so we have the Royals in fourth place. In third place we have the Chicago White Sox. Ah, I'm, sorry, guys. Boo this I'm man. sorry I'm Mr. Negative Now look here. I don't
1: like that kind of talk. Now just stop it. It upsets me.
0: Yeah. Uh, 28 and 32, I have the White Sox at. An improvement of the last year. I, I
1: below 500.
0: Below 500. I just think the two teams ahead of them in this division are just so much better. They'll compete late, but I think it will just be too much. Their last seven games, I believe, are against Cleveland and the, and the Cubs. I'm not too – you know, I love the White Sox, man. I think their energy and what they're doing is great and It's infectious. And I hope I'm wrong about this, but I think that the Cleveland Indians, who I have in second place, have a too strong of a rotation, even with the subtraction of the clue When you talk about Mike Clevenger, that guy's a top-of-the-level pitcher, and Shane Bieber is going to be there eventually. Zach Zach
1: Blesak, too?
0: Yeah, Zach Blesak is the fourth or fifth pitcher on that rotation. Um, And still, Frankie Lindor, Jose Ramirez, they have players out there that are going to do damage with the bat. And I think they're just too strong for the White Sox as of now. And then the hated Minnesota Twins, I have winning the division. And there's a reason why I have them winning division. I'll discuss it later when we talk about the playoffs.
1: Excellent. All right. So the White Sox, I should mention Bleacher Report, had their top 100 list of players. Uh, there are four players from the White Sox on the top 100 list, as it stands right now. Twenty-six Moncada, thirty Grandal, thirty-eight Giolito, and number seventy Tim Anderson. I think that's a, that's a little low for Timmy. So hopefully that gives a little chip on his shoulder. So before we get to the uh, to the postseason, uh, let's get out give out some awards here. Let's give out some hardware. Uh, NL Manager of the Year. I've got Joe Girardi. As I mentioned, I have the Phillies uh, in the playoffs as the, the uh, one of the wildcard teams, and I just think East Coast team media darling. Joe Girardi, they, they, the love for him is baked in there, especially if they succeed. I think that's, a, that's an easy manager of the year for him. He's got his binder, and he's using analytics, and he can't wait to show you. You know, They used to call him Binder Joe and all that good stuff. I think Binder Joe uh, will win National League Manager of the Year. And as for the AL Manager of the Year, if what I say about the White Sox comes true, it's got to be Ricky Renteria uh, bringing this young team uh, up from one of the worst teams to first place. that That's the most logical fit there for the managers of the year. Who do you have at the most important uh, postseason award?
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> David Bell from the Cincinnati Reds will be my manager of the year in the NL. If I say that the Reds are going to be the goods in the NL Central, and I think one of the best records behind the Dodgers in the NL, David Bell has to get that award. Dave Roberts is given a great team so there's no way he can win this award he's supposed to win with that team but david bell comes through with winning the nl central they'll give him the nl manager of the year award and then if we're gonna go to the al i'm gonna give it to kevin cash i got the raise being the al east division winner and it's for the same reasons uh i gave for david bell winning the manager of the year the same reasons i'll give it for kevin cash because to go through the gauntlet of the AL East and the vaunted Yankees and to take them down and win the division will be a huge coup for them. And they'll give him the award if he does that.
1: All right. The, uh, the rookies of the year uh, and a big part of the white Sox success this year is going to come down to how well Luis Robert adjusts to big league pitching and how well he can help his, his pitchers in the outfield and, And I think he will do very well. I think he'll excel, and I think that's why I have him, the American League Rookie of the Year for our guy, Lou Bob. And that'll be fun to track for our Lockdown Luis Robert episodes if he is the Rookie of the Year, because that means he's doing a lot of good things. And uh, National League Rookie of the Year, I haven't seen this kid play, but I'm going to take a shot because anyone that the Cardinals produce is someone – that is going to come up and immediately thrive and probably kill the Cubs and the Brewers, and you know, everyone's going to hate him and they're going to be like, eh, where'd this guy come from? But Dylan Carlson is my pick of National League Rookie of the Year, the the hotshot outfielder for the Cardinals there. What do you have for Rookies of the Year, Herbie?
0: Of course, Luis Robert for the AL. He's far and away the best prospect. Uh, they have him number three, but I think he's number one prospect in In your baseball. heart, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, he's going to get the opportunity to play center field every single day. I think he'll get, like, 55 games in center field and show what he has in store for the future, the rest of the AL and the NL Central teams. For the NL Rookie of the Year, it was going to be Gavin Lux, but the Dodgers decided to option him down. He still might be the guy because it might be a short stint, but in his absence, I'm going to go with my Padres and McKenzie York, top pitching prospect out there. He'll be on alongside uh, Denilson Lamette and the Sheriff Chris Paddock in a stacked young Padres rotation. So look out for Mackenzie Gore winning the rookie of the year in the National League.
1: All right, moving on to the Cy Young Award winners. National League Cy Young, uh, a perennial favorite here, and part of the reason why many people are picking the Mets to do so well is, of course, the DeGrominator, Jacob DeGrom, Mm -hmm. as Jim Brewer refers to him as the DeGrominator. I think he's got the NL Cy Young Locked up. Uh, he's he's always, you know, you, you throw Jacob DeGrom out there and he's going to give you a chance to go nine every single time out. And he's one of these few guys, uh, Andy McCullough uh, did a column recently for The Athletic, you know, polling who are the actual aces in baseball. And he's one of like only three or four guys that's that's an actual ace. And, and I think he's going to uh, shrug off some early injury. Oh, my God. What happened?
0: Sorry, I'm watching the White Sox are. Brewers game Luis Robert goes up to rob a home run from Ben Gammel uh, and he catches the ball but the glove goes off of his hand and goes into the stand <laughs> so it's a home run but the fact that he got there firstly is I'm just amazed and he goes hard as hell he was like this is an exhibition game he had the ball and the, the glove just went off his hand oh he's so good Please don't get hurt.
1: A learning moment there tighten up that glove a little bit. I'm sure they're going to be working on that glove uh, in the middle Uh, of the inning there.
0: Yeah. Like right when it hits the wall, the the glove gets jarred out. Oh God, the kid's great.
1: So yeah. So Jacob deGrom, NL Cy Young award winner gives you a chance every fifth day to go out there and go nine in dominating fashion. If the Mets are going to have any success, it'll be because Jacob deGrom dominates and is the deGrominator. Once again, Uh, American league Cy Young, this one he's, he's, was drafted by the Yankees originally, didn't sign, grew up a Yankees fan. You remember seeing the the, the photo of him with the poster at the World Series. Uh, but, of course, Garrett Cole. I think he earns every dollar in a short season. He can go out there full bore, and there's no fan pressure of New York, uh, at least in the stands, that is. And I think Garrett Cole is going to deliver on that massive contract at least the first year, and he's going to come home with the American League Cy Young Award. Who do you got for Cy Young, Terby?
0: Well, I'm going to go with, uh, for the NL, I'll go with my guy, Runner Fry from the Dodgers. What a great pitcher, better than Clayton Kershaw. You know who I'm talking about, right?
1: <sighs> Runner Fry?
0: Yes. Yeah. I got His name it. is Walker Bueller. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah. I, got it. yeah. yeah if you, I don't know if you guys. Runner,
1: got Walker, yeah. Bueller, yeah. Fry. Yeah. If, yeah, Ferris Bueller. Well, the Bueller's Fry
0: one off. might be a little hard. You yeah, know, if if Ferris you Bueller's day it, off. Movie. Yeah, I, I got it. Yeah. Yeah, friend. So he's coming into his own. Guess what school he went to, Tanny?
1: I should put should I put the ad the ad placement in right before that because because they, because people are definitely not checking it out after that
0: joke. no, they're they're gonna stay in there. They're gonna stay in there. <laughs> so do you you know, do you know what school he went to?
1: Who Walker Bueller? Yeah. Who? Where?
0: He went to Vanderbilt. He was teammates with a White Sox pitcher. Oh, do you Carson, know who that Carson, was?
1: Carson Fulmer.
0: Yeah, and they're the on Sox, they're on a
1: similar trajectory, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, the White Sox picked Carson Fulmer eighth overall. I think Walker Buehler is picked in this, in the teens. Well, that great doesn't job. well that doesn't make great sense. Job, White Sox. That doesn't
1: make sense because Walker Buehler is a better pitcher.
0: Yeah,
1: why would they good. do that? They should have shown the guy that was better.
0: That was just dumb, White Sox. I mean, so it's it's maddening that he's great and that maybe possibly when you're listening to this episode that the White Sox have already released Carson Fulmer. Because that's how bad he's been. his It's not a fault of his own. He didn't do anything to make himself bad. Just not there. He's a nice guy, as a la and This is not shit on Carson Fulmer's show. It's uh, giving kudos kudos to Walker Buehler winning the NL Cy Young this year. For the AL Cy Young, I would love to go with Garrett Cole, but I hate the Yankees. I think our guy, we've heard from him before, Blake Snell, Will take away the award if he doesn't get the Rona.
1: If he doesn't get the Rona. If I
0: get the Rona,
1: that's that's a good call there. I can see that, especially I have them in the wild card, as I mentioned. I, I could totally see that playing out. I I love watching him pitch as long as it's not against the White Sox. I love watching Blake Snell out there whenever I get a chance to. He just just absolutely filthy dominant, and I and I love the way he came out and talked about the Rona and he was yeah. when he was being real very early on in this process. I, I love the raw honesty from Blake Snell. So consider me. Blake Snell fan number one. Um, so here we go. The big boy hardware here. The MVP trophies and the National League. A big part of the Braves' success is going to be a guy who was comped by John Heyman uh, to Luis Robert or vice versa as Ronald Acuna Jr. I think he 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 continues his trajectory to 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 stardom, perennial All Star, perennial MVP candidate. He's just the absolute goods. I love watching him play whenever I get the chance to see the Braves uh, against the against the Cubs. that won't not as much this year. I won't be able to. Uh, but Ronald Acuna Jr. I think is your National League MVP, and the Yankees I think will be led by Aaron Judge. I think he's going to come back with a monster year, and he's going to be a huge part of why. They'll have the best record in the American League. So Aaron Judge, your American League MVP, who do you've got?
0: Well, for uh, National League, I'm going to go with Cody Bellinger. Uh, He's on the best team. Usually people look for that guy on the best team who's performing the best. And I think Cody Bellinger is even better than his newly rich teammate, uh, Mookie Betts, will be this year. I think Cody Bellinger is just coming into his own as far as talent. He's young. Laffable center fielder, steel bases, can get you hits. And he'll be the NL MVP for me. And, of course, every year Mike Trout is the most valuable player. But sometimes they give it to other people. So this year will be another year for Mike Trout to collect his award and put another one on his mantle. So Mike Trout, AL MVP.
1: All right, the National League playoffs. Let's get through this quickly here. I'm not going to get into great detail here. But the wild card game, as I mentioned, the Phillies and Reds. I have the Reds over Phillies, so that will leave the Reds to take on the Dodgers and the NLDS. In the other series, uh, I have the Brewers and Braves, obviously, and the NLCS, I have Brewers and Dodgers again, a, a rematch on, on two of the uh, powerhouses of the last few years in the National League. Who do you have in the National League playoffs?
0: National League playoffs, I have the Cubs and the Nine Mets winning the wild cards, the Mets beating the Cubs in that and so the matchup the best team will face the Dodgers will face the Mets the Reds will face the Braves I have the Dodgers winning against the Mets and the Braves winning over the Reds and the Dodgers being the NL representative in the World Series once again
1: okay as far as the uh, the junior circuit the American League ban Johnson's American League I've got the wild card game as I mentioned the it's a, it's, it's a very rhymey uh, wild card game. The A's and the Rays. Uh, and uh, the ALDS, I have the Rays advancing from that wild card game to play the Jankies uh, in yeah. the ALDS. And the other ALDS series, I have, of course, the, the Angels taking on the White Sox for a little bit of the 2005 uh, playoff matchup. And uh, I, I see it going the Sox way again as, as the Sox will continue to own the Angels in American League playoffs and then the ALCS will be the White Sox and the Yankees, where leads us to the World Series here. I have the Yankees beating the White Sox in the ALCS to take on the Dodgers in the World Series. And I have the Dodgers finally bringing the trophy. I love LA in seven games. 2020 World Series champion, LA Dodgers. They've deserved it for a long time. They've gotten many bites at the apple, but I think this is their year. They finally assemble all the talent with Frankie Lindor, and they, they, they finally put it over the top and are your World Series champions. Who do you got in the American League, Derby?
0: All right, for the wild card, I got the Angels and the Yankees. So they battle, and, of course, the Yankees win. The team with the best record in the AL would be the Minnesota Twins. So the Twins face the Yankees in the first round. The Rays face the Astros in the other thing. And, of course, you know what's going to happen with the Yankees and the Twins like it always happens <laughs> the Twins will enjoy their three extra games and go the fuck home. The Rays versus the Astros I got the Astros beating the Rays in a hotly contested battle and then I have the wild card winning Yankees beating the Astros in the ALCS or the that. Yankees.
1: I'd love that if if that like if that happened if the Yankees were able to get their revenge. That would that would be good television if the White Sox don't make it. I'm I'm yeah. here for that. Sign me up for seven
0: games of that. That'll be great. And then so the Yankees go to the World Series to face the Dodgers, where I also have I Love LA winning the championship.
1: All right, there you have it. The twenty twenty locked on White Sox MLB prediction show. Uh yeah, I, I, obviously none of those things will happen. But now we have it out there in the ether. And we, my
0: meatball girlfriend, Courtney, says the White Sox are going to win the World Series.
1: Finally, she's been she's been listening to the smart people. <laughs> <laughs> well, like me, uh, I, you know, I don't have them winning the World Series though. I I have them taking their lumps. Then maybe 2021, the White Sox advance and win and win the World Series with the addition of George Springer in the outfield for them. Or because now that Mookie Betts is off the table because. So
0: that there you about have the it. What the young JLC, Jack Peterson?
1: Yeah, that's an option too. I, I thought of that earlier. I don't know what happens with him now. I mean, that's a, supposedly something we can uh, get to in a different episode, maybe uh, after we break down the White Sox home opening win <laughs> against the Twins. But the Nomar Mazzara situation, we're going to talk about that in great detail. How long it's going to affect the Sox? We'll have to wait and see, but we'll definitely break it down in uh, in episode fifty-one. So that's all I've got tonight, Herbie.
0: All right, Chris, uh, that is a season preview episode of Locked on Socks episode number 50, John Danks. Wherever you are, John Danks, thanks for the beers. Thanks for the amazing night with Chris Ranji. Uh, episode number 50, you can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Sox. His is Chris at Chris Tannehill. Mine is at Wall 23 And if you want to send us an email or comments or suggestions, send it to LockedonSocks at gmail.com. We read every one of them. Doesn't mean all of them are going to be on the air, but we have a mailbag Monday. So get them in before Sunday so we can read them all and assess which ones we need to put into the mailbag Monday episode. Like Chris said, we will be back after the White Sox beat the Minnesota Twins Friday night. So listen in and listen in every single day because we'll have about five episodes per week on Locked on Sox with recaps and, of course, our new segment, Locked on Luis Robert.
1: This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at CBDMD. Doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, podcaster like us, uh, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair, whether it's at home or at the office, everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge, When life gets chaotic, CBD freeze with menthol is an award winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy to use roller or shareable squeeze tube, not to mention CBD recover, which is a product that combines CBD with inflammation fighting compounds such as Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters the most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all of our listeners, you Locked On White Sox listeners, 25% off your next order when you use promo code LOCKED ON MLB at checkout. That's Locked On MLB promo code to save 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD.
0: For Chris Tannehill, I'm Herb Lawrence. Thank you for listening to Locked On Socks.